Welcome back to Real Talk Torah, courtesy of the database with Rabbi Yeshua Eisenberg, where for today's issue and Shir, we're going to talk a little bit about the Sein Talumatar and why it is that we recite the Sein Talumatar based on a secular calendar date. You might be familiar with what's written in the Art Scroll Sitter, for example, whether it's the Brown Sitter or it's the Blue Sitter, whichever edition, that by the bracha of Bari Chalenu and Shmona Esrei, there is a switch from the Sein Bracha to the Sein Talumatar, and the instructions in the Siddur state that we make the switch on either December 4th or December 5th. And at the moment of this recording, we made that switch this past Motzei Shabbos. It was Motzei Shabbos Chanukah, it was Rosh Chodesh, and another curveball monkey wrench in our davening was that we also had to switch to the Sein Talumatar, which is the more explicit request for rain in our davening, something that we're thinking a lot about because of Maseches Tainus, if you're following Dafiomi. Um, but now it's become a part of our lives today, right now. You may also be familiar with the Minang of Eretz Yisrael, which is to switch to the same Talimatar much earlier, basically around the same time that we switched to the um, saying, instead of saying, Murad um, Hatal, or not saying anything at all in the Brach of Machaya Mesim, in the Brach of Gvuros. So when we switch to Mashiv Haruach, Murad Hageshem, so Motzei Yom Tov, we are already saying Vesein Talimatar. So maybe if you've been to Eretz Yisrael at the right time of the year, so you'd be familiar with that switch. Obviously, here in America, or wherever you may be in the world, wherever else, so the switch is much later. We are now in Chodesh Teves. So the question is, why are we saying it only now? And of course, why is it based on the secular calendar? That seems a little bit strange. So what I'm about to give you is a snippet of a much longer and very impressive shear by my Rebbe Rav Yonason Sachs. Um, I've heard the shear from him more than once, and I have the Marmakomos. So if you want the original and you want the sources, so I can uh, give you the list of the sources and give you the original shear if you so um, want it. But I'll give you a smaller version of it here for the purposes of this podcast, just to talk exactly about why it is we, we in our davening, it's, it comes out this way. So the first basic difference is between Eretz Yisrael and Chutz Laaretz. That difference is already present, and it's based on being Ola Regel. When they, um, when, um, they, when it came to being Ola Regel, so that 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 was part of the difference for why um, they would switch to Vasein Talimatar earlier in Eretz Yisrael, because there there was no one going back to Galus. Right, there was no one returning. To Galus from Eretz Yisrael, those people who were staying in Eretz Yisrael were staying in Eretz Yisrael. They wanted rain. It was for the benefit of those who were leaving, going back to Bavel, that the recitation of the request for rain came much later. So there is the origin of the difference between um, Chutz La'aretz and Eretz Yisrael. And um, based on different Rishonim that we're not going to get into now, the Minag has developed that for us in America, even at the time, or uh, even if we're not in America, wherever we may be in Chutzlaritz in the diaspora, we recite 
the same Talamutter at that later date. Now, what is that later date? What's the basic description of the later date? So it's going to be 60 days following the onset of Tekufas Tishrei. So now the question is, what does that translate to? So we'll talk about that um, shortly. But the point is that 60 days after the onset of Tekufas Tishrei is when we start making the request in Gullus for rain. Now, this is actually not going to be based on our typical lunar calendar that we have in Judaism. And that's because, again, the, the, Torah, um, the Torah calendar, which you also may be familiar with, is based on um, not really just the moon, actually. It's, it's a synthesis, a very exquisite and very impressive synthesis of both the lunar and solar calendars. And this is, it's because, and, and unlike the non-Jewish calendars and any other calendar in the universe and of, of any other nation, our calendar specifically um, recognizes the fact that months follow the cycle of the moon. So our months are lunar months, but the year, the shanim, the years follow a solar system. So the, the years are going to be solar. So our calendar does its best to synthesize the solar calendar with the lunar calendar as well, the solar year and the lunar months. Thus is the basis for the Jewish calendar. Now, when it comes to the recitation of a Saint Talimatar, the fact that the, that the uh, recitation is based on whenever it is that we have the, the month of Tishrei, but specifically the Tukuvas Tishrei, which refers to the season which follows the sun, what this means is that the recitation of a Saint Alimatar is going to follow the solar calendar. And the solar calendar is the basis for our 365-day um, year of our secular calendar, which is based of which was originally based on the Julian calculation, the Julian calendar, or as my Rebbe likes to say, the Shmuelian calendar, because Shmuel had um, the original version of that calendar um, in the Gemara and Erevin. But anyway, that was the solar calendar. Now, what this means is that our recitation of of the Saint Halumatar follows the solar calendar, which is why is we use a secular reference point. The secular reference point for the calendar is going to be a secular date, right? So it's 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 a it's a gullus date. It's it's not gonna so it's not gonna follow you know Nisan or Sivan Tammuz. We're not we don't say that it's sometime in Tishrei that we do this that we start saying the Saint Talmud is sometime in Teve Shvat Adar. No, we we do it based on the secular date, not because. It's a secular concept, but because it's a solar concept, right? The, it's based on that convenience. And our reference point, we have January, February, and in this case, we have December. Now, what's fascinating is if you look in the postgame from, from hundreds of years ago, so originally the, what they've recorded is that the 60-day mark from the onset of Tekufas Tishrei is actually not in December, but it was November 22nd. 
And because of a lot of mathematical equations, which is a bit beyond me, I have to admit, but the way my Rebbe puts it in the share, if again you want it, I can give it to you. But the but the, the, the what what happened was that a long time ago in the 1500s, the late 1500s, and I think he said the date was 1582, there was a very big change in the calendar. So even though and and, and why? Because there was a problem, which um, the Chazanish brings down, was a problem that they knew back then, but Chazal knew it even earlier. Uh, and this is something that we always accounted for. But what they recognized is that the 365 days and, and, and a quarter, I think is how much they say it is, 365 days and a quarter, is how they calculated the solar year. Now, the problem is, that that number is not exactly precise. And, and it was apparently the 365 and a quarter days, that calendar, that, that calculation is actually only an estimation and it's off by a matter of minutes. Now, in general, you might think that, you know, minutes is not such a big deal, but obviously it eventually adds up. And in the case of Chazal, um, what Chazal did to account for that was, um, I think it was Rav Ada Barava, but what, 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 the, what the calculation was, was to make sure that there would be seven leap years every 19 years. And that somehow was able to account for it. And that was, again, Chazal's way of dealing with it. Because what that does is that that apparently enables a synchronization of the solar and lunar calendars. So that way it's not going to be off. But there was such a time um, in 1582 when this became a real problem, this this um, rounded number. And the seasons in the secular world, at least, you know, were, were off and their months were not lined up with the seasons properly. And that was when they made the big switch from the Julian calendar to the Gregorian calendar, which is the calendar that we have today, which included several changes. And the the changes of which, um, again, the calculations are um, in some ways hard to follow, but among the different changes was that they moved the calendar 10 days ahead. So in 1582, October 5th became October 15th. And that so that was one big change. So that moves the November 22nd date that they had which was fifth which was for us 60 days past the onset of Tekufas Tishrei. That moves it to December 2nd. And then so that you know that gets obviously closer to our date that we have now. Because the 10-day switch, right, going 10 days ahead, that only regained um, the equilibrium, that got them back in sync to get these seasons with the months, but that wouldn't help for the next time that the calendar would fall out of sync. And the calculation that they made was to add a few more days to the calendar. Um, or um, so, so it wasn't just... It wasn't just three days, but rather it wasn't just 10 days, but there were three more days that were, that were added on. 
at, at a certain point. But, and that, that eventually gets us to the December, um, the December 4th or 5th model. And the way the progression of the calendar goes is that eventually, even though in our Sidurim it says um, December 4th or 5th, that number is really not actually a fixed number. So, for example, if you'd want to make a new sitter for the next, you know, 80 years, and about 80 years from now, that date's going to change. Excuse me, again, the, the calculations are very complicated. Um, but um, part of the um, institutions that were put into the calendar were, was the inclusion of leap years that would happen every four years, except um, one of the, um, the, the, there's like an exception and there's an exception to the exception. One of the exceptions included every century year, there would not be a leap year, except for any, any century year that would be um, divisible by four, then there would be a leap year, even though, again, there wouldn't normally be. So again, the rule was that every four years is a leap year, except on every century year. If that century year is a regular century year, so like 1800, 1900, so then then that would all um, so that would not be a leap year. But if the century year was a leap year, like the year 2000, then sorry, so if, if the century year would be divisible by four, then there would be a leap year. And so uh, in the year 2000, there was such a leap year. But the point is, because of the nature of this change, that means that eventually it's going to be December 6th when we start reciting the St. Halim Matar. Um, but what's, what's really fascinating is it's all because of just minutes of time that the calendar is off from the, you know, the solar calendar um, to the lunar calendar. And also the, the, or I should say that the solar calendar, our calculation of it, 365 and a quarter is really off by 11 minutes. It's 11 minutes less than that. And 11, I say 11 minutes fewer. And um, so far, you've been listening to this for 14 minutes, and you see the impact of 11 minutes, what, what you can accomplish. If that's not a muster to take from here, um, what, what can be accomplished in, in just 11 minutes. But um, what, we, what, what you might have gained from this is a new insight just into how things work and how things aren't actually random. Um, but also, I, you know, just to, to, to think about the... Um, the detail and the intricacies that go into creating the calendar as it is. And of course, the wisdom of Chazal, who even beyond those who made the Julian calendar, the Gregorian calendar, how they accounted for these things. Because the, our, um, our calculation for Bir Chasacham, for example, is even more precise. Because when they, when they made the basic months and when it came to the recitation of a St. Halamatar, so there it's, it's a little bit less precise. But when it comes to the Ibor Hashanim, there, there it was absolutely precise. Um, so to appreciate the Hashkacha of Chazal in this matter that went into it, and I think that can give us an even, an even greater hashgacha into Vesein Tal de Matar. Rav Shimon Schwab differentiated between Mashiv HaRacham Ardegeshem and Vesein Tal de Matar. Mashiv HaRacham Ardegeshem is a general, um, and really Chazal did this already, that it's, uh, there's a general hazkara, there's a general mentioning 
and praising of Hashem regarding his ability to make the wind blow and to give us rain. But the Saint Talmudar is a very specific request. The way of Shimon Schwab differentiated between the two is he explained the Mashavarach is very, very broad hashgacha that yes, the Hashem has in his ability to create this concept of rain. But the Saint Talmudar Levracha is asking for not just a hashgacha klalis, but a hashgacha pratis in how Hashem um, is involved in our lives and gives us exactly what we need. Not just that He is able to bring rain, but He gives us the precise kind of rain that we need. Something that we spoke about in the um, Tfilas Geshem Baal workshop is, you know, something again going back to Mesachas Tainus, how Choni Hamaagel and various other figures, um, Tanoim and Amaroyim, the way they prayed for the rain, or mainly the Tanoim, the way they prayed for the rain, and not just any rain, but Levracha Velo Leklala. Not too much, not too little, but just the right amount. We see that uh, there's a lot of attention, a lot of supervision, a lot of close, meticulous um, um, exertion from both Chazal in their in their instituting of our recitation of a saint halamatar and even how it applies to the secular calendar and of course hashem's hashgacha in the world if chazal were able to have such a strong hashgacha so you can't even imagine the hashgacha hashem in this matter so um, that should give us a certain chizuk in our recitation of a saint halamatar when we say it now we should do it with with uh, an appreciation of the calculations of both chazal and akadosh baruch Hu, even beyond that in the Chaker, they can't really investigate it, so like, we can't even know. If the math is complicated for you, as it is for me, so then, then, if you can't figure out um, how a computer screen works and how a telephone or a cell phone works for you, know, I, we, we think cell phones are crazy, you can't even explain how a telephone works, a regular, you know, a landline. So, the um, for the rest of the universe, how, how it functions. But anyway, um, that'll take us through um, a broad understanding of the Saint Talamatar. And until next time, keep it real, keep talking, and most importantly, keep the Torah. Thank you for joining us here at the database.